0: joining me is Mr. John Houlihan, author of The Trollborg Monstrosities. John can be found online on Twitter uh, at JohnH259 or John-Houlihan.net. Uh, so John, thank you for joining me.
1: Hello Jim, how are you? Pretty good, how are you? Yeah, pretty good thanks, pretty good.
0: Uh, so <clears throat> John, you are the author of uh, The Trollborg Monstrosities.
1: Uh, Indeed, one yes.
0: Of, one of the first Actum Cthulhu scenarios from Modiphius.
1: That's right, yes, absolutely. Uh,
0: now, as I understand it, um, Trelborg Monstrosities, of course, is both the uh, Call of Cthulhu scenario and a novella, and I believe the novella actually came first?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, I was uh, I was having a chat with uh, Chris, who's the uh, overlord uh, of Modiphius, the dark overlord, uh, one evening <laughs> over a beer, over an entirely unrelated matter, and he was... Um, Telling me about you know how he'd set up Modiphius in the publishing house and showed me some of the stuff, and I th- I thought wow well, this is a fantastic uh, scenario for um, for exploring you know World War II, crossed with Cthulhu, it's a very uh, it's a very uh, very appealing world for a, for a writer. So I said to him well you know have you have you considered maybe some fictional uh, forays into this world? And he was well, that's quite interesting. I hadn't, but I am now. And so I sort of put my hand up and volunteered to write the first one, and um, the Twelve of Monstrosities was the resulting novella. Uh, the, the novella definitely came first, um, although I do game design. I'm probably more primarily more a writer, uh, and the novella the novella, so the novella came first, and then I kind of adapted it for the game design. Um, it was an interesting process doing it that way around, most certainly, uh, and I think I probably uh, learned quite a lot. Um, Probably not to do the fiction first, but to do the scenario first next time. But uh, yeah, it was a very kind of fascinating uh, task, shall we say, to try and translate that very linear fiction into something a little bit more freeform that people could actually play around with and enjoy. Uh, So did
0: you know as you were writing uh, the novella that it was going to be a scenario, or not until after you had finished it?
1: Well, um, I, I kind of sort of had half an half um, half an ear, as it were, towards the the um, uh, doing the scenario, but actually, when I came to writing it, that simply had to take a backseat, and it was you know write this as fiction and don't worry too much. We'll worry about that later, um, and uh, so the fiction the fiction. I had an idea it, may eventually, um, uh, do it uh, may eventually be adapted into a scenario, but I, I had to really concentrate on making it work as a novella first. Um, and it was only after Chris read it and said, oh, great, you should do the scenario based on that now. that I was like, okay, interesting. How am I going to uh, do this? And as I say, it's quite a fascinating challenge to actually try and translate that from one to the other.
0: Um, hopefully without too many spoilers uh, are there any particular points that you found it especially difficult to you know translate from the novella which of course has a defined as a defined plot and a you know consistent storyline to you know the more open-ended you know scenario that needs to allow the players enough latitude that they feel like they're actually playing something and making their own choices and decisions versus just following your predefined plot?
1: Sure. I mean, there's a very, very, it, there's quite a big tension between player agency and, and actual narrative. I, I always find and it's it's a particular struggle if you've <laughs> earned your trade as a writer for a while. Um, yeah. So there. Were, I mean, you know, there's were some things that that um, there were some things that were that were struggle to include, um, and they when I was adapting it for the, and during the subsequent playtesting uh, and sort of peer review, because we all sort of have a look at each other's work at Modiphius, you know, that was the kind of constant thing that came up was, you know, you've got this very linear path, but how do you give the players freedom within that sort of path to kind of pick their own way? Um, and so we had to sort of, uh, you know, adapt little bits of it. And there's uh you know I like to think of uh of the uh, scenario as as a suggested path one of possibly many, but the path that would sort of most closely parallel the novella um, and of course uh the uh the other thing that came up was the uh mysterious mr. Serif, who's um uh, sort of the star of the novella and hopefully a, a, a smallest part of the scenario too kind of curtailing him and his you know, very powerful abilities and insight and giving the players the chance to do their own thing and, and discover it all for themselves. I was very conscious and actually had to do a few rewrites to kind of bring that out more.
0: Okay, because he was, he's actually where I was going to go next because he okay. is, you know, clearly in the novella, he is, you know, a central, if not the central, you know, obviously not the viewpoint character, but certainly sure. the a central character in the novella and he he plays a very crucial role in the scenario as well you know was that difficult trying to keep him in that role without you know taking too much ability away from the players
1: yeah i mean it it was it was a struggle i think i mean i i hope we we got pretty much most of the way uh, to solving it uh, as well you know giving as i say giving um giving the players a chance to do their thing before he sort of steps in. But I thought the way we'd best approach it is to make him uh, someone that the keeper would uh, have a great deal of fun with. And I think uh, hopefully you've certainly enjoyed your kind of uh, uh, interpretation of Mr. Uh, And But I I, I definitely wanted, I also wanted a little bit of a tension between him and the players. I wanted them to feel... Is this guy really on our side? Is he? Has he got his own agenda? Is he? You know, what's what's his deal, basically? And to be a little bit uh, frustrated and annoyed and um, uh, annoyed with him because he is quite annoying. It must be said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he certainly uh, he certainly should be. I think. Yeah, um, I sh- it, were there any problems, for instance, when, during play testing, because he is you know such a. Very, very early on, it becomes very clear that he is, you know, very strangely powerful. Sure. Um, and he does have that kind of odd demeanor about him. You know, were there any problems or issues where you know players would turn on him and say, "Well, you know, whatever is going on, clearly this strange guy right here must be the source of our problems." So he becomes the
1: perceived villain. Yeah, I he never he never got quite to that stage of 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 or, or certainly never in any of the scenarios I've I've played out. I mean, it, it might be possible in the uh, in the real world, but there was, you know, there was never uh, there was never sort of a revolt against Seraph because I think you've always got the the kind of military discipline thing there as well, and also one of the first orders that the team are given are you know pay attention to this guy because he's very much um he's very much uh someone you need to listen to so yeah no one really revolted against him quite a few people took a dislike to him <laughs> and you had to slowly kind of you know you slowly had to kind of convince them convince them that he was indeed on the side of the angels as i think one of the the sort of rumors about him uh, uh you get to you get to hear um tell you but uh yeah a little bit of a struggle he's quite a quite a, uh yeah i mean for me he was the he was the main character to come come out of the entire fiction both the novella and the scenario uh, to such an extent that i've gone on and written three more Seraph adventures uh, since uh three more two completed novellas and i'm just about probably about halfway through the third one now so yeah, for Serif stories all told. There must have been something about him that I kind of liked, or at least stuck with me. <laughs>
0: well, that'll be good to look forward to. Uh, is he going to show up in any more um, published scenarios?
1: Well, definitely, yeah. I mean, I took, um, after after Trailberg I took some real time to kind of try and develop this character, and I, um, I took him uh, back to Napoleonic France at one point, in a, in a story called The Crystal Void. Uh, he's back in World War Two in a um, in the desert war during 1941 in a in a novella called Tomb of the Eons, and I'm just working on a kind of futuristic scenario, a uh, futuristic novella now, sort of a near future um, uh, uh, novella set, ironically enough, in a flooded Britain, which uh, we're kind of experiencing at <laughs> the moment for real at the moment. So it's a current day story. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I said near future. I didn't realise how near at the time, uh, but definitely I have I have plans for two more um, two more scenarios featuring um, Mr. Seriff, probably to a, a slightly lesser degree than Trelberg but he will still be playing uh, playing a part there. Um, I think probably one based around D-Day, and then I'd really like to do one um, sort of in the fall of Berlin, um, which I think would make. Kind of quite a nice trilogy towards the end, you know, round out trilogy towards the end of the war. So, there's definitely plans afoot. Um, I hopefully, I'll have at least one of those scenarios done by um, uh, uh, by sort of mid this year. All so, right. uh, hopefully, his return will be not too long. <laughs>
0: and the um, the the new fiction that's going to be uh, through Modiphius as well.
1: Yeah, we've got um we've got some plans to issue them as uh, novellas and then we'll probably do a um kind of first omnibus which I'm going to call the Chronicles of the White Witchman which is uh, going to be quite interesting which will be all four stories and uh, all four novellas collected into one uh, which should be quite good, quite
0: good fun. Uh, excellent. Um how how long do we have to wait?
1: Well, um the first two novellas are are away being looked at and edited uh, at the moment, so hopefully it won't be you know too long before they're out. And um, I'm playing through the third one. I just did a word count today, the uh, fourth one, rather, and it's um, uh, up to about 20,000 words already. So uh, hopefully I'll have that polished off in the next month or two.
0: Sounds great. Well, we'll definitely look forward to uh, seeing those come out.
1: Definitely. And I'd just like to say I was really, uh, I've been really enjoying um, uh, Skype of Cthulhu as well. I've been really enjoying of listening to you guys uh, play out in the wild, as it were. Very entertaining. It's been uh, great fun.
0: Well, thank you. I'm glad you're listening and uh, <laughs> glad we're able to uh, give you some entertainment out there. You're uh, certainly bringing entertainment to us. So.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Um, and just to say, so nice. I, I just uh, if uh, anyone's interested, you can uh, follow me uh, on Twitter at JohnH259 or um, my website, john-hulhan.net. Uh, I usually post all my latest doings on there, so um, there'll probably be first news there. John, I appreciate you joining me. No worries. Great to talk to you, Jim. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot. Cheers. And take care. Bye. Bye.